hey, I am excited, and I, I want you to think about this question right now. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I live above average? Have you ever asked yourself, how can I live above average? Because God never intended for you to live a mediocre life. God never intended you to live an average life. But God uniquely designed you for excellence. That, that you are one in seven billion people currently living on the earth right now. That you are one in seven billion. And God has this incredible plan for your life. Because let's be real, everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody needs recognition for our emotional health and our emotional image in our life. And when we're children, think about it, what do we do as we think about Mama's Day? You know, we, we're like, watch me, Mommy, watch me, Mommy, watch me. No matter what your kids are doing, that, that they're saying, watch me, watch me, watch me. And, and sometimes you need to be watching them, amen. And, and, and you think about that and because... They want to stand out in the crowd, and, and everybody wants to stand in the crowd. And we as adults, we do exactly the same thing. We say, watch me, watch me, watch me, notice me. Here I am. Now, we don't do it as blatantly as kids, but we do it with our cars, and we do it with our clothes, and we do it with our social media, et cetera, et cetera. We're saying, watch me, watch me. Everybody look at that. And why do we do that? Because most of us have a need in our lives to be different. Most of us have a need in our lives to be excellent. Most of us have a need in our lives to stand out from everybody else around. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, I've been chewing on this, this verse for nine, probably nine weeks, knowing this is what I was going to share. And it's a guy in the Bible by the name of Jabez, and we'll pick up 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 and 10. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because, he, because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And I love this last part. And God granted him his request. Right after I pray, and this is a good problem, we just we ran out of the actual dream cards. So second service won't even get the actual, they'll just get photocopies, but, but they're going to pass these dream cards out. And I believe probably the single most greatest thing that I can do for you as a pastor besides sharing the word of God is to pray for you. And if you'll notice on one side of the card, this is for you to write your dream out and to keep it. It's perforated so you can... You can tear it or rip it, but the other side, I want you to write the exact dream out that you wrote on this card for you to keep and look at and declare every day, and then we're going to take the other side, we're going to ask you to leave it on your seat at the close of service, two minutes, to write out your dream, or you can do it during, during service, and leave that on the seat, and we're, for the next 90 days, we're going to pray for you, and we're going to pray for your dreams, and then when we come to the culmination of 21 days of prayer, we're going to really just amp up because you are important and significant. Let us pray. Father God, I just thank you. And Lord, for the next 15, 20 minutes, let, just, let's just dissect Jabez's life. And Lord, I, I know I'm going to take a little bit of creative liberty of what his mom deposited in his life, but, but there's only a couple of characters mentioned. There's Jabez, there's his mom and his brothers. And so Father, she had to have influence. 
And Lord, Jabez did something right because it said you answered his prayer. And Lord, if you answered his prayer, then there's something that we can learn, that we can live above average. We can live an excellent life in Jesus' name. Amen. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 that we just read was about that man named Jabez. And it's interesting because the first nine chapters of the book of First Chronicles literally consist of a genealogy of listing more than 600 names. And there's 600 names listed, listed in these nine chapters. And right in the middle of chapter 4, suddenly this man gets special recognition and his name is Jabez. There's only two verses on, in the entire Bible of 10,000 plus verses that mentions this man in the Bible. And I got to thinking, why was he given honorable mention above all 600 other people? And I got to thinking, I thought, man, his mom must have been really proud because my son got noticed. Amen? And if you've ever been a parent, you've ever been a mom, and when your kids get noticed, it's something else. And I got thinking, why did God single this man out? What did he do that caused his name to be preserved for 4,000 years? What made him above average? The Bible says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And yet, at the same time, it says his mother named him Jabez. In other words, she was saying, I, when I gave birth to him, there was a lot of pain. Because Jabez in the Hebrew dictionary or the Hebrew definition means pain. And then he prays, oh God, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from all harm so that I will be free from pain. And the end part of that verse is God granted his request. And so as we celebrate Mother's Day today, I believe that she wove into him three rhythms that ensured his success in life that his life was going to be above average. And the first secret that I believe Jabez's mother wove into him was to have great ambition. Everybody say great ambition. While all his friends and while his brothers were content with being average and mediocre, that wasn't enough for Jabez. He said, God, I want you to bless me. I want something big. I want something to do that will make my life significant. I don't want ordinary. I don't want common. I don't want mundane. No, God, I want to expand and I want to grow. And the Bible says that he said, God, bless me and enlarge my territory. See, Jabez had a great ambition, yet most of all, he wanted God's blessing. Don't miss that. He wanted God's blessing on his life. See, the problem in culture today is too many people are just drifting through life. They have no goals. They have no master plans. They have no overall purpose. They have no ambition. And therefore, they really never accomplish much. They just simply exist. The first principle of living life above average is you need a great ambition. You need a dream. Everybody say dream. And if you don't have a dream, then you're really only drifting. And when you stop dreaming, you lose direction. And when you stop setting goals, you stop growing in your life. And that's what that dream card is all about, to simply allow us to come alongside you, to hold you accountable. And if you're really brave, put your name on it so we can say, hey, how's your dream coming? And think big dreams, whatever that is. But you got to have something pushing you towards that goal of, of excellence in your life. 
Because as long as you're expanding your horizon, you'll be an emotionally healthy person. Because God made you for growth. And he wants to stretch you and he wants to develop you. And he wants to take that dream and do exceedingly more than you can ever think or ask in your life. Because God has purpose for your life. And your key is to discover that purpose. And then not only discover it, begin to cooperate with it. Because God never intended you to go through life with a half-hearted attitude. And he never intended you to wonder, why am I here and what am I doing and where am I going? But God wants you to have a great ambition in life. See, a life with no challenges and a life with no goals can be summed up in one word. Boring. Boring. I mean, how can you not, how can people be a Christian and be bored? Man, it has been so amazing. The last, the last couple of weeks, I've had people from my past before I was saved. Yesterday, I was drinking out of my Little Rock Air Force Base coffee mug that Cliff brought me, because we were both stationed in Little Rock at the same time. And I had a friend, he said, Vic, I haven't seen Mark since 19, uh, well, we did see him in 1985, was the last time I saw Mark. Somehow, God connected us. He goes, Vic, can I talk to you for a minute? Can you give me a call? It won't take long. And we reconnected about a year ago, have no idea how, but, so I called him up, I said, Mark, good to hear from you, you sound exactly the same, he's from North Carolina. And, uh, he said, Vic, first thing, there was no pleasantries, there was nothing. He said, Vic, I need you to pray for me. I just got diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, and there's no cure. That's what he said. And so we began to talk, we began to walk through it. And I thought, Mark, if the only reason I was stationed in Little Rock, Arkansas, was to pray for you this day, then that's why I was stationed there. That even before I was serving the Lord, God was doing amazing things. So God will bring these people into your life. See, the first misconception is we confuse fear with humility. We tend to say, I could never do that. And let's be real, we think we're being humble. But it's really not humility, it's really a lack of faith or fear. A truly humble person would say, you know what? With God, I can do it. With God's blessing, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in my life. See, that's real humility because when you're saying I can't do it, but through Christ I can do it, that is real humility in our life. That is what I believe Jabez's mom was taught her son. The second thing was we tend to confuse laziness with contentment. Paul said, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. This doesn't mean we should not set any goals. Paul is not saying, I have learned not to set any goals. I'm just going to see where the Spirit takes me. I have no future ambitions or desires. No, Paul was saying that even though his goals may have not been reached yet, he said, I've learned to have joy in every day. I've learned to live life to the fullest. He says, I'm happy that I have dreams and I have ambitions, but I'm still happy even though they have haven't been fulfilled yet. Contentment was a valid excuse. See, if contentment is a valid excuse for laziness in our lives, then who would ever feed the poor? Who would ever do anything about equality and justice? How would you ever get an education? A third grader would say, you know what? I'm content with a third day education and quit. Come on. We make our kids go to school. Maybe we need to make our kids do some other things. 
I believe Jabez's mom taught him not to confuse contentment with laziness. And lastly, we confuse small thinking with spirituality. People say, you know, Vic, I serve God in my own little way. I don't say it, but I want to say it. I'm like, why don't you start serving God in a big way? I mean, I don't want to say, I mean, because I can't say it nice, so I don't say it. <laughs> My wife said, if you can't say it nice, then don't say it at all. So I try to say, why don't you let God use you more? It's just the way I am. No, it's not the way that you are. Maybe you're blinded by your yesterday and you can't step into your destiny. And you're confusing all that. See, it's wrong to blame God for our lack of growth, growth because he's provided all the tools and the ideas that we need in order to grow. So don't confuse small thinking with spirituality. The second thing that Jabez's mom taught him was you need a growing faith if you're going to live above average. Study the life of Jabez, those two verses. He had an incredible deep trust in God, and he had an incredible deep belief in God. He had enough faith to pray and expect an answer. William A. Carey, a pioneer missionary, said attempt great things for God and expect great things for God. See, if you don't attempt great things for God, you can never expect great things from God. And so the key word there is great. Everybody say great. The Bible gives us some interesting facts about Jabez in those two verses. But yet there's no mention that he had any special ability, talent, or gift. There's no mention that he was wealthy or well-educated or in physical prime shape. No, he was probably just a common person with uncommon faith. See, I think what the Bible teaches us is don't worry about what else you don't have, but do focus on faith. Everybody say faith. And then God will give you the necessary power to do what it is. See, God loves to just simply use ordinary people who believe in him and ordinary people who, who trust in him. And God loves to see ordinary people like you. Everybody say me. He likes to see you be successful in whatever venture it is in life. Jabez's faith caused him to believe that God would help him with his goals and his dreams. There's something more important than being talented, having ability, having resources. Everybody shout faith. Faith. It's believing that God will work with you. I've met a lot of super talented people who are sitting on the sidelines while ordinary people with faith are making, we could say touchdowns, we could say triple doubles, we could say hat tricks, we could say grand slams. Why? Because God uses them. I want to honor some people here today that just stepped out and used their faith and their time. Last night we got so many compliments from MACC Activity Center staff. We got compliments from Big Daddy Weave team. They said, your, your volunteers were absolutely amazing. Give them the great big hand because they sacrificed. They didn't get a C. They were there. I mean, and if you want to volunteer, 10 o'clock tomorrow, MACC, we got to clean it all up. Come on. But Jabez, God just uses ordinary people with extraordinary faith. The second thing about Jabez, he apparently had some type of handicap or disability. Jabez means painful in the Hebrew language. How would you like to be named painful? Here comes old pain in the neck. Old painful over there. And Jabez caused his mother so much grief during childbirth, she named him painful. And I was, I was in Macon jail on Tuesday night talking to some guys. 
and I was sharing this concept of this message, some points. Was he unwanted? Was he unloved? We don't know. But we know that every day that he heard his name, he was reminded that he caused somebody pain in their life. But I believe this guy in jail spun it. He goes, Vic, he goes, do you think it's a little bit different? And I'm like, what do you mean? I said, no. She said, he's pain. He goes, yeah. But he said, when the baby comes out, all of a sudden there's joy. And so then I went to the women's pod. And I said, how many of y'all women had babies? They all raised their hand. And I said, you know, I said, childbirth is painful. And one of them said, you don't know that. (laughs) I said, well, I think I do. She goes, you don't know that. And they said, it's absolutely amazing. They said, you can be in such excruciating pain. But the moment they set that child, they said, the moment they set that child in your arms, that you don't feel that pain at all. There's this exhilaration and joy. And, and so, so I'm like, okay. So they said, you got to go through pain sometime to get joy. Come on, say amen. Jabez was stronger than his handicap. Jabez, despite his past painful experiences, had faith to look ahead, had faith to do great things for the future, had faith to dream. What is your handicap? Is it physical? Is it spiritual? Is it an unhappy childhood? Is it a frustrating job, a broken marriage? Whatever it is, God says everything is possible to him who believes. And and God gave me this prophetic word to prophesy to the house. God says, I want miracles to be such a commonplace at Family Life Fellowship, that impossible doesn't even seem possible anymore. Man, you got to grab that. I'll get it posted out because that's so, so good. I just got it this morning, so I'm still processing it. The last thing that Jabez's mom, I believe, taught her son about living above average is genuine prayer. Key word there, genuine. It was Jabez's prayer life that got him honorable mention in the Bible. And let's be real, a lot of people pray without ever rising above average. Maybe I used to be one of them, and sometimes I still think I am. And maybe you've hesitated to ask things in prayer. Maybe you felt your request to be selfish. But what kind of prayer does God answer then? Jabez's life illustrates three things that we can ask God for and expect him to answer. Number one. The first thing Jabez prayed for was God's power in his life. He asked for prayer, for power, greater than his own to accomplish his dream. He prayed, I want you to bless me. I want your power, Holy Spirit, in my life. I want you to bless me. It's important to note how specific Jabez's request was. God, this is what I want you to do. I want you to enlarge my coast. I want you to expand my territory. I want more real estate. Do you pray about your goals? Do you ask God to help you wherever you are headed in your life, specifically? At first glance, Jabez's prayer seems selfish. God, I want you to do these things for me. But evidently, his prayer was significant because the Bible says that God answered it. Ambition is not good or bad. Ambition is a basic drive of life. Everybody has ambition, great or small. Some people's ambition is just to get out of bed in the morning. Come on, say amen. 
But you got to have ambition to live in this world. What makes ambition bad or good is your motive behind it. Jabez's motives must have been genuine because God never honors an unworthy request. God dares you to ask big requests. When you fill out that dream card, fill out big requests. Matthew 7, 7, ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. It's my wife's life verse. James 4, 2, God encourages you. You do not have because you do not ask. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable riches. Ephesians 3, 10, Paul said, do exceedingly abundantly more than we can think or ask. Listen, you can't ask, out-ask God and you can't out-dream God. So let go of your imagination and write big dreams. God says, trust me. Ask things, find great ambition, get a growing faith, and then bring them to me in genuine prayer. What do you want God to do in your life? Because he wants you to get into the rhythm of blessings. The second thing that Jabez prayed for was God's presence in his life. 1 Chronicles 4.10, let your hand be with me. Jabez realized if he got more territory, he would have more responsibility. More responsibility is greater demands and more pressure and really need help, God's help in his life. So he requested God to be with him more. See, sometimes we just need to say, Father, I need your presence in my life. And you can be sure he'll answer. And then the third thing that Jabez prayed for was God's protection over his life. Verse 10, he said, keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. Why did he do that? Because see, you that are living above average, you that are successful in whatever capacity in life, you understand, like Jabez, the more land he has, the more influence he has. And the better you are known. And the better that you're known, the bigger target on your back. Come on, to your enemies. People don't love you as much as you think they love you. Because they're jealous. And it's still like that today. The more successful you have, the more critics you'll have. Just the way it is. The more territory you own, the more the enemies will attack you biblically. The closer you grow to the Lord Jesus Christ, the more the devil's going to harass you. Come on, say amen. Because he doesn't want you to grow. Jabez says, God, give me your protection. And therefore, he could step into the purpose and the destiny that God had for him, and he didn't have to fear anyone or anything. So I want you to take your dream card. Sylvia, you want to come on up, and we'll get ready to do water baptism. But if you'll combine those three requests and start praying that over your dream card, I promise that your life will start being lived above average. The question that you've got to ask yourself is, do you want to break out of mediocrity? Do you want to see God's really see God work it in your life? Do you want to see real answers to prayers? Are you tired of drifting through life not knowing where you're going? Establish a genuine prayer life that depends on God as you work towards your dream. And so, Sylvia, come on up. So, like I said, one side is you fill out and keep for yourself. Just read it, the, the, the gold, the blue. I'm really just going to challenge you to fill it out, leave it on your seat. Our team will pick it up afterwards. Man, I'm so excited for Sylvia. Last night, she got all four of her kids in the house. Three and and one, I understand. But 
about a year and a half ago, she lost her husband. And two years. And, uh, and so, you know, it's hard. And she's just ready to do this step for herself. So I ask you, have you asked Jesus Christ in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior? Yep. All right, let's get ready. Hold on there, it's real slick. have a seat and if I remember right you started coming to church when we did a business dedication is that right and now look at you and let me tell you what she does she works at a nursing home and the nursing home people can't get to church so what she does is she takes communion to them once a month and serves communion to the residents of nursing home and have you grab your notes but she saw a need and she said, can I do this? I said, you can do that. And it blesses and touches them. Sylvia, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Congratulations. Take your time. for all the moms out there as you exit through the hub through the hub through the front of the dome we have a gift just a small token of our appreciation of who you are and what you do and whether you're a foster mom maybe you're a mom that you don't have a biological child but you had a miscarriage you're still a mom because when that baby was conceived it was alive and so make sure you receive a gift because we want to honor you and bless you. Let me pray a blessing over the moms and then I'm going to send you all out. Father, we thank you for the moms. In whatever capacity they are a mom, that we just ask your grace, your mercy, your love, just flood them, Father. Flood over them like never before. Because so many of them are going through things we have no realized, but they always seem to be there. They always seem to be that rock. We never really know all the stuff they're enduring. And just like they can endure great pain in physical birth, somehow they endure great pain in their lives. And they're always a blessing to us. And so we ask your blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful and amazing day, y'all.